1: Well, good morning. Welcome to Silverdale Baptist Church. It's so awesome to see all of you here worshiping with us today. I'd like to welcome all of you here at our Bonnie Oaks campus. I'd like to also welcome those of you at our Creekside service or North Utawa campus or St. Elmo or those of you that may be watching online. If I haven't had a chance to meet you personally, I'm Tony Walliser. I'm one of the pastors here at Silverdale. And today, I have the privilege to share with you God's Word. So this is what I encourage you to do. Take your Bibles and open up in the New Testament to the Gospel of John. John chapter four. John chapter four. You got a smartphone? You can open that app to John chapter four as well, and do this. Then take out these Bible study outlines that we provide for you. I encourage you to follow along and take notes as we study God's word together. You know, in fact, I heard a story today. I mean, th- this week of a man who said, you know, he would come to church and he found it just boring. And then somebody said, you know, what you need to do is you really need to press in and pay really close attention. And he said, it was amazing. It was like God started talking to me. And that's the way it is. God is here. You're here not by coincidence or accident. God has a divine appointment with you today. And if you will press in, if you will listen, pay attention, I believe that God Almighty will speak to you in a specific way. As you know, we are in this series called Making Disciples. And that just simply means... What we're doing is six skills that every follower of Jesus Christ needs to learn and master. And whenever you can master these six skills, you will be a fully equipped follower of Jesus, but you're able to then... Help others as well. See, we're not just called to be disciples of Jesus. No, the Bible calls us to make disciples. And so you're not just called to be a disciple, you're called to disciple others. So learn these six skills. It may take you months to master them. Learn these six skills and you'll be able to disciple others as well. Skill number one, we looked at, how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Skill number two, how do you pray and connect and talk with God? Today, we're going to t- skill number three, and it's how to share your story. You have a story, your relationship with God, and God wants to use your story to connect with other people. Now, I know that a lot of us, were like, oh, I don't really have that much of a story. I mean, God can't really use my story. Can I just tell you, that's a lie. You have a treasure house of experiences and divine encounters with God where God has carried you through certain things. That's a story that God can use in your life to touch other people. And Jesus commands us to do that. In fact, look at what Jesus said in Acts chapter one, verse eight. This is Jesus after the resurrection before he ascends back to heaven. He says this, he says, you will receive power When the Holy Spirit's come upon you, that's why we talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit, and you will be my what? Witnesses. You go, what is that? Well, God hasn't called you to be a defense attorney or prosecuting attorney to convince somebody. God hasn't called you to be the judge to try to judge other people in their sins. No, God has called you to testify. God's called you to testify your experience with God. What has he said to you? How has he spoken to you? How has he encouraged you? How has he carried you? And whenever you learn how to share your story, God will use you to connect other people to the Lord. Now, it's incredibly effective. A personal testimony is one of the most effective tools that you can have. In fact, at the top of your outline, I want you to see why is a testimony so effective? Three things. Number one, first of all, stories help you connect with other people. Stories will help you connect with other people. You see, people love hearing a story. That's why we'll read biographies more than essays. That's why if you've got a, a person who's far from God, you know what's gonna connect with them? It's not gonna be you quoting a bunch of philosophers or theologians. No, it's gonna be about you and how you've heard from the Lord. I mean, see, what's amazing is is that those personal stories have a way of connecting like nothing else can. I mean, think about it you will remember an illustration from a sermon long after you've forgotten the sermon. Why? Because we connect with stories. And so when you tell your story, it's a connection point. Second reason why stories are so effective is this. Stories add credibility. Stories will add credibility. You got a lot of people that are not really sure about this thing called faith in God. And your story, though, has a way of going, wait a minute, that seems to be authentic. Something's really happened in their life. In fact, see, you have a lost world. They'll look at me, you know, skeptically. Why? Because they think of me as sort of a paid salesman. But you are a satisfied customer, right? You are somebody that God has spoken to. Now, through the years, advertisers have seen the power of a personal testimony. I mean, I think about, you know, this woman. Imagine you've seen these commercials before. A woman who's standing by a washing machine, and she'll say something like this. You know, I got these boys, and they bring home all these stains. And I've tried everything to get the stains out of their britches, right? But then I discovered new, more powerful Tide, And then you got moms at home going, yeah, that's me. I need to go get me some new, more powerful Tide, right? And so the fact is, is that personal testimonials have a way of adding credibility. But there's a third thing that your testimony will do, and it's this. Stories can silence critics. Stories can silence critics. You see, every one of us have defense mechanisms, right? We got these walls up and we're sort of looking at people sort of skeptically. And you know what happens? Is that whenever they hear a real, humble, authentic story, what happens? Suddenly those defenses come down. Individuals that may not believe in God have to admit something's happened to you. People that may not believe in the authority of the Bible will realize, wait a minute, there's something that's happened to you that's real, that's authentic, You see, a person that has an experience is never at the mercy of a person with an argument. And so you have the power of the testimony. In fact, I want to give you an example of this. I'll give you a biblical example of the power of a testimony. There's hundreds of them in the Bible. But let me give you one that we're going to look real briefly today. It's from John chapter 4. In John chapter 4, you're familiar with this story. It's called the woman at the well or the Samaritan woman at the well. But let me set it up for you. In 722 BC, the northern kingdom of Israel was taken into captivity by the Assyrians. They basically took into captivity all the leaders, all the educated, all the rich, anybody that had any leadership influence, they took them and they took them to Assyria. And then they left behind the uneducated, the poor, the people that really didn't have much leadership skills. And so they're like, okay, we need to repopulate the land. And so they had taken people that they had, you know, from another kingdom that they had, you know, conquered, and they brought them to, you know, Palestine. And so here you have these Jews that were left behind and these Gentiles. And over the centuries, they begin to intermingle and intermarry. That's the Samaritans. The Samaritans, the Jews would call them half-breeds. They're they're, they're half Jewish, they're they're half Gentile. And what they did is they developed their own new religion that's similar to Judaism, but not exactly the same. And by the time that Jesus came along, the Jews hated the Samaritans and the Samaritans hated the Jews. But here's the deal. Jesus starts off in John chapter four and says, I must go to Samaria. Most Jews would go around Samaria, not Jesus. Jesus is like, nope, I've got an encounter with a woman who's going to come there to a well. This woman has drunk from every spigot that the world has offered her, and she's still not satisfied. She's still thirsty on the inside. And I'm going to come there, and I'm going to meet her. And so when's that going to happen? It's going to happen at high noon. Now think about that. Why in the world would a woman come to the well at noon to draw water for the day. Most everybody else comes early in the morning whenever it's not the heat of the day. And so here's this woman coming by herself at noon to draw water. Why? Because she's sick and tired of how everybody else in her town has judged her and whispers behind her back and points at her and oh, there's the sinner woman right there. And so she comes there all by herself trying to draw water and who is there waiting for her? None other than Jesus Christ himself. And he's waiting for this encounter and it's amazing. Check it out. Look at it. John chapter 4, verse 7. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her. Look at her reply, verse 9. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? She's saying, you're breaking down all the social norms. You're a man talking to a woman you're a Jew talking to a Samaritan. You're a rabbi talking to a sinner. I mean, this ain't supposed to happen. And you're asking for water from me? I mean, you're, you're telling me that you want to drink after me? You want to put your lips on my unclean cup, right? Because that's the way they would see. They would see her as an unclean dog. And for Jesus to actually say, I want to drink behind you, what is that? That's Jesus saying, hey, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to touch you and love you, Right? And so he breaks down all those barriers and look what happens next. Verse 10, Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God who's saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. Verse 13, Jesus said, everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. Verse 15, sir... The woman said to him, give me this water, right? She wants it, absolutely. And so Jesus very lovingly and indirectly, let's bring up your past, right? Verse 16, go call your husband. He told her, and come back here. Verse 17, I don't have a husband, she answered. You have correctly said, I don't have a husband, Jesus said, for you've had five husbands and the man that you're now living with is not your husband, What you've said is true. Thank you for being honest with me, right? And then she responds, verse 19, sir, the woman replied, I see, I perceive you're a prophet. Duh, right? He just exposed all of your past. I think he knows, yeah, he's a prophet. And so what happens when we get a little uncomfortable with people talking to us? We're going to try to avoid this subject. And that's exactly what she does. Hey, let's talk about religion. Let's talk about how you Jews worship and how the Samaritans worship. And Jesus cuts through all the religious junk and says what? verse 23. But an hour's coming and now is here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Listen, God doesn't want your religion. God doesn't want your rituals. God wants a personal relationship with you. And so look what happens. She says, "I know that the Messiah is coming, who's called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us." Jesus told her, "I, the one speaking to you, am he." You're looking for the Messiah. I am the Messiah. She was so overwhelmed by that she drops her cup, her her, her water jug, and heads back to town. Look at it, verse twenty-eight. The woman left her water jar because she wasn't concerned about that anymore. Went into town and told the people, "Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah?" And then the whole town comes out to see Jesus Christ. And what happens? Here's the summary statement, verse 39. Now many Samaritans from that town believed in him. Why? Because of what the woman said when she testified. So here's a woman with a hard past... Meets Jesus, is healed, is forgiven, is delivered, realizes he's the Messiah and forgiven, and she goes back into town and she testifies to people that she's been avoiding over all these years. And they come, and many people come to believe in Jesus Christ. Why? Because that's the power of the testimony. You have a story. You have encounters with God. God wants to use your story to encourage and bring others to faith in Jesus Christ. Today, we're going to talk about your salvation story. But the fact is is that you have probably hundreds of stories of encounters with God. I mean, think about it. Have you ever had a mess? God wants to use that mess that he's brought you through for a message. Have you ever walked through a trial that God's delivered you through? God wants to use that trial for a testimony. Has God ever brought you through some misery? Then God wants to use that misery to bring about a, a ministry. Now, every testimony typically has three parts. Here's my life before I was following Jesus. Here's my life, how I came to follow Jesus, and this is how Jesus has made a difference in my life. So the woman at the well, if she were to give her testimony, she may say something like this, I was going through life looking for acceptance and love, and I thought I could find it with men, and it didn't matter who I was with, I was always left empty. But then, I met Jesus Christ, he is the Messiah, and he's the real man, and he satisfied and he gave me healing and forgiveness and now I find fulfillment and joy in him right that's her story okay and so you have a story as well you go what does it look like well I want you to see a testimony of one of our church members and um, I want you to see if you can listen for the before the how and then the after check out the story of Becky
2: hi my name's Becky and when I was a little girl, um, we had a family next door that took interest because uh, in inviting us to church because I wasn't raised in a Christian home. And they had a bus ministry and it was called the Joy Bus. As a young kid, I would get up on Sundays and I would get on that bus. And then I made a profession of faith. I asked Jesus to save me. And as I got older, I let the world tug at me and I become disobedient but the Lord would convict me so I started going back to church and one day I was in church and when the pastor was preaching I thought I you know I was questioning so that Sunday I went home and I was in my living room and I sat down on this little watermelon stool that I have and I said Jesus I believe that You died for me, and I don't know it all, but I surrender my life to you. And from that day forward, my life has been changed. My desire was to grow in Him and to know His Word, and that I could tell other people about Him. Once I was surrendered, my dad became a believer, and my sister and my brother is a believer. My whole family, so when His Word says that, you know, it's a household salvation. My my family was saved before they died. And I'm thankful for that and grateful for what he's done for me. Because even through all those times when I would be wayward and I was being disobedient, he still protected me and he was faithful and he never stopped loving me. He still loves me the same that day as he does today. And I'm just very grateful.
1: Amen. Praise the Lord, right? Amen. I love, Stories of faith. Did you hear? My life before, I wasn't raised in church. Church bus came and picked us up. Made a profession of faith, drifted away, but then I came back to under the conviction of the Lord. I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. He's completely changed me, given me new direction, and God has used me to bring salvation to my whole family. Right? That's quite a powerful story. Well, God has a story in your life as well. Again, let's look at the three parts because what I want you to do, I want you this next week to actually write out your story. You go, you mean you've given us homework? Absolutely. I want you this next week to write these three parts of your story. The first is, what was your life like before following Jesus? I mean, you, before Christ became your Lord or, you know, if you've lived a season of your life where you're away from the Lord, okay, what was that like? I mean, what was your feelings? What was your, you know, thought life? What, what, what were some of the, the, the um, experiences? I mean, maybe you had insecurities. Maybe there were fears or depression, or maybe you felt loneliness or a lack of peace. Maybe you're restless and you had no purpose or meaning in life. Maybe you had certain habits that were t- taking over your life. I mean, most of you heard my story dozens of times. I mean, I grew up in church, but it had no meaning to me. Because it was just religion to me. And and so, um, you know, the fact is by the time I was in teenage years and in college that, you know, my life was pretty empty. And what I tried, I, I had a lot of friends, but, you know, I felt real insecurity. Do they like me for who I am or for, you know, who I pretend to be? And I just had this emptiness because I had no real direction in my life. And so I tried to fill this emptiness with, you know, other things like relationships and alcohol and eventually over time, my life started spiraling out of control, so bad so that I flunked out of college and lost my full scholarship. And then I felt like a complete failure. That's who I was before Christ. Now, I know that many of you are like, okay, I became a follower of Jesus Christ at a really early age, right? I mean, you know, what am I supposed to say? Well, before I became a follower of Christ, I used to steal blocks from other kids in the nursery. Is that, is that sort of my life beforehand? Well, I, I believe a couple of things. Number one, if you have faithfully followed Jesus Christ and he has spared you from all the junk and brokenness of the, this world, that's one of the greatest testimonies anybody could ever have. I gave my life to Jesus Christ and he spared me from this, 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 and this, right? I mean, that, that's an amazing testimony. But I also believe this, that if you came to faith as a younger, younger child, there was probably a later decision, whether it be you know in teenage years or adult life, where you renewed your faith to the Lord. That what happened was, is that you may have drifted away. A lot of things happen. It's called the prodigal, right? And maybe you were a prodigal for a season of time. Well, let me ask you, what was your life like when you weren't following Jesus? What is your life like when you're not following Jesus? That's your before. That's who you were. That's who you are, apart from Jesus Christ, okay? And so there's the before, and then there's the second thing. What is that? It is the How, okay? What events led you to Jesus? I mean, what events, what happened that you were brought to that place? How did he speak to you? How did he convict you? What circumstances were going on in your life, right? I mean, you write those things down. Again, for me, all right, me and my best friends, we went to Cherokee, North Carolina um, for vacation. And while we were there, one night, we were just really, it was a drinking binge and doing a lot of drugs, and I got so messed up that I was sick the rest of that night. In fact, I was so sick the next day, I couldn't even get out of bed. And while I was in bed, I was thinking, there's gotta be more to life than this. And then my sister invited me back to church. And as I was listening, it was like things that I'd heard before that had never made sense suddenly did. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing how God would love me like that. The thought that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins? I mean, i heard that all my life. But suddenly it began to convict and like, oh my goodness, he loves me. And I realized something. Nobody loves me as much as Jesus loved me. And I came to that place and I'm like, Jesus, if you love me so much, I can trust you with my life. And I remember I called on Christ, cried out to him and say, Lord, please forgive me. I surrender my life to you. And he did. Okay, that's how I came to faith in Jesus Christ. And so what were the events in your life that God used to convict you, draw you, woo you, convict you, all right? That's how you were led to Christ. But then there's a third element of your testimony, and it's what? Number three is, what difference has Jesus made in your life? You may go, well, there hasn't really been a difference. Then I would question whether or not you've met Christ, right? I mean, the Bible says this. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation, the old has passed away, and see, the new has come. There is some kind of change that will happen in your life. And many times, it's a contrast between who you were and who you are today. I mean, I think about it, That's, again, my story, all right? I felt insecure, but now I feel secure in the love of Christ, I, um, I you know, had this emptiness and I had no purpose in my life. Now I have purpose and meaning following after Jesus Christ. I had these addictions that I couldn't seem to overcome. Now I have victory over those addictions. I mean, I don't know what it may be for you. Maybe before Christ, you had this fear and now you have peace. Maybe it was depression and now you experience joy. Maybe you were a rebel, but now you're a surrendered follower of Christ Maybe you were an addict, but now you're clean, or maybe you're sexually immoral, but now you're trying to live a pure life. I don't know what it may be, but every one of us have a before and after in our life and following Jesus Christ. So write that down. And so this week, your homework is just take the time, it takes several hours, just write out your story, and then go back and edit it. Because typically, the first time we've tried this, I mean, your story may be 10 pages long. Can I just tell you, nobody's going to read it, Right? I mean, you know, I know sure it's interesting to you, but nobody else could be that interested in it, right? And so what do you got? You got to whittle it down. So many times whenever I'm talking to my wife and I said, man, I got to cut one of my sermons down, she says, give it to me. I know exactly how to cut your sermons down, right? (laughs) And so give it to somebody. Somebody can edit it. Okay, this isn't important. This is just fluff. Whatever it may be, we think everything's important, right? And so we just edit it down to where you can share it in a couple of minutes. And it's just that simple. And then what do you do? Once you edit it down, You practice it. You you may get your phone and record yourself. You may just say it in front of the mirror, and you practice it and practice it. Why? So that whenever God gives you a moment to share your story, you're going to be able to share it effectively, right? That's what we're called to do. Now, in your small groups this week, you're being taught how to share a 15 to 20-second Testimony. You go, what? Yeah. I mean, it's a great little tool, and it's real simple to lead to spiritual conversations. I've put on your outline just how to do it. Okay, it's real simple. It always starts off with the same words There was a time in my life when, and then you fill in the blank a couple of things, and then you met Jesus Christ, and now I am this, and then you always end with, Do you have a story like that? Okay? There was a, here's my 15 second testimony. There was a time in my life when I was empty and I tried to fill that emptiness with relationships and alcohol and it never satisfied. And then I was invited to church and I start hearing about what Jesus Christ did for me. And I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And now he has filled that emptiness with his presence and I have joy and purpose as I serve him. Do you have a story like that? Okay, It's just that simple. And what's amazing is, is a simple little story like that could get people's interest sparked, and you can lead into a simple spiritual conversation. I think one of the most effective guys on our staff that use a 15-second testimony all the time is our missions pastor, Chuck Tanner. Almost every stranger he meets hears his 15-second testimony. I want you to hear it right now. Check this out. There was a time in my life when I was filled with anger and rage and I was suicidal, but then I met Jesus. He forgave me my sins. I chose to follow him and he gave me his peace and a reason to live. Do you have a story like that? It's pretty simple, isn't it? That's a powerful testimony, isn't it? And God has a story for you as well. Now, I know that as we think about these stories, oftentimes, it's, it's like, okay, this is my salvation story, or this is when I first met Christ. But let me remind you, a testimony is any time you met with God. A testimony is any experience where God carried you through something. We call this defining moments. And I believe that some of you, you may have a powerful salvation testimony, but you may have even a more powerful defining moment testimony. You go, what is that all about? Well, it's whenever you were going through an experience in your life and Christ helped you through that experience. Like what? There was a time in my life that I had cancer. Do you think that's going to speak to some folks? Absolutely. There was a time in my life when I saw my mom struggle and then die. But Christ was with me, right? There there was a time in my life whenever, um, you know what? I was an addict, right? Right? There was a time in my life when I was struggling in school. There was a time in my life whenever, you know what, I was struggling in my marriage. There was a time in my life whenever, um, you know what, <laughs> I had a wayward child. For some of you, there's a time in my life that I had to walk through a divorce. There's a time in my life that I had this wayward child, right? You have had very real experiences, and during those experiences, you pressed into the Lord. You, you sought after the Lord. The Lord spoke to you. He gave you the peace, the strength, the help, the healing, whatever it was that you needed through that time. That is a testimony, folks, and it's powerful if you'll just be willing to share those kind of stories with other people. Don't miss out on sharing your story. Now, we are called to testify in the courtroom of this lost world. And when we do, God will use your story to bring other people to Christ. That's, again, how this story ended in John chapter 4 with a woman at the well. Look at this passage again. Now, many Samaritans from that town believed in him. Why? Because of what the woman said when she testified one changed life has a powerful impact on others that are observing that you have that changed life you're called to tell that story and so this next week i want you to prepare your story and then share your story let me say that again this next week i want you to prepare your story and then be ready to share your story and watch what god will do because one of the key skills that we must master as christians is how to share our stories. Amen. Let's pray together. Gracious Lord, thank you so much that you've given us a story to tell. That God you are real, that you are you speak, you heal, you hold, you give wisdom, you give us direction. When we fall apart, you pick back up the pieces. God, I'm so thankful that you Answer our prayers, and when we cry out and surrender to you, you are there just like you were there for the woman at the well. God, I pray that you'll help us now be people who will share their story. Lord, bless this time now, even as we sing this song of response. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands, and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses, or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website.